Today, I'm taking it to the streets to give people the good news. Oh, excuse me. Hello. I'm Flo from Progressive. And did you know... No, I'm just waiting for the bus. So then you have time to hear about how with HomeQuote Explorer, you can check if you're paying too much for home insurance. Yeah, if I was interested in talking to you, which I'm not. Okay, I'll do the talking and you just check if you can be saving, which is going to be pretty hard to do if you... Put on your headphones. Okay. See if you're paying too much for home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North. So I'm going to write this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Welcome to the 2020 Prediction Show. We have done this every year since Eagle Eyes on Tech has been around, which, man, when did I start? Four years ago? Something like that. But regardless, it is time to go go over and look at this and... My success rate in predictions has been uh, slightly higher than average. But for for trying to predict what was going to happen in 2019, let's look back and see how much I got, got right. I only made a handful, and there's quite a bit that went wrong. First up, the new iPhone was going to have no notch but a slightly bigger bezel to hide the cameras with no price change. I got none of that right! Not a single part of that was correct! The notch stayed and is showing no evidence of going anywhere. The price actually did adjust down slightly for the iPhone 11. And yeah, all the iPhone 11 really got was a processor boost and better cameras and a pro model. The cheaper iPhone model would disappear. It, in fact, did not. The What ended up happening was the XR ended up becoming the iPhone 11 and the iPhone 10s or XS, ended up becoming the iPhone 11 Pro. So, flop on that one. We would have seen a bigger Mac Pro featuring a proprietary modular design that I misspelt in my notes. I was almost right. The thing I missed was that it wasn't proprietary. There are proprietary modules that can go into the new Mac Pro, but otherwise it's all PCI Express. In fact, there even are ports on the motherboard to add PCI Express power to a non Apple graphic card. You actually can go and throw in like a Radeon 7 into the new Mac Pro, which is kind of surprising that they actually went with this route. Actually going back 
to being consumer friendly. Which, I mean, do you blame me for getting that one wrong? Let's be honest, a year ago, if you had told me Apple was going to become more consumer friendly and actually let you get into the machine, into the machine, into the machine, I would have said there's no way. No way is that going to happen. Showed me. Showed me. The iMac Pro stays around as a mid-tier workstation with no upgrade. Nailed it. That's one out of four so far. <laughs> yep, got one. The MacBook Pro will get a redesign that features a touch bar on all models and try to pitch better cooling while actually not doing anything about it. I would argue I got most of that wrong. There was a new MacBook Pro model that got released. It was a slight redesign. Admittedly, very, very slight. The MacBook Pro 13-inch did not get redesigned the 15 inch did become the 16 inch which got a bigger screen it got the escape key put back on it has a functional keyboard what a novel concept that is but that's basically it there is supposedly a better cooler in there and so far all tests have shown that it actually does cool better well, you know, doing this crazy thing called adding a bigger heat sink. Ow! What a great idea! So now, how many points would you award on that? Like, maybe I'm just being too hard on myself, but to me, that prediction of mine is worth nothing. Because in the grand scheme of things, the overall majority of it was wrong. So we're currently one for five. Whoops. On the Dell side of things, Alienware moves to make all laptops like the Alienware Area 51M while letting... The Inspiron gaming lineup be as bare bones gaming as possible. Basically, yes. <laughs> I mean, you could try and argue that, yeah, maybe, maybe not, but uh, the Inspiron line basically got like a minor update. That's it. But yeah, every single Alienware laptop is now in the same design as the Area 51M. So, there is that. So that's two out of, that's actually more like, 
I don't know. How many would that be? Anyway, we'll go back and figure out how many points that's that's worth and give a percentage base, which is still probably going to be a failing grade because we start off with four. Four being incorrect. Most more of Dell's lineups feature edge to edge screens like the XPS does. I'd say that's accurate, but I cheated. Because I didn't dedicate to a solid number. I just said more. Well, sure enough, a few more of Dell's lineup did feature the XPS style design. In fact, HP and Lenovo copied Dell in that regard too. That was a big push at Computex. Thinner bezels. Thinner bezels everywhere. So I guess technically, yes, that is correct. But that's it. HP will only update specs on their higher-end professional machines, not introduce any new designs. Nailed it. HP did, like, nothing this year. Can anyone actually name anything unique HP even did? This year, like I could have just said all their computers and have nailed it. It's kind of surprising how little HP did. Acer, the Predator Xeon gaming rig, which by the way, I wish I include a model number, will never ship and instead be replaced by one running Threadripper. I'm just in the chat asks about the VRPC backpack. That was last year. Actually, it might have been the year before. No, no, that was 2018. That was when the, that was when the Omen VRPC backpack came around, and also, oddly enough, a few months later, they made a version with their Z branding on it. So they had a workstation VR backpack. Wait. (laughs) I, I don't know what. Who wants that? I guess someone did. But anyway, the Acer Xeon gaming rig... I forgot all about this because Acer ended up killing this pretty quickly. The original concept for this machine, if I remember right, and granted, it's been a while, was that with streaming being a bigger thing, Acer wanted to make a dual Xeon system with more cores in it and then push that to go, hey, you pro streamers, you, you can get this thing. And it has enough CPU horsepower to game on it and stream at the same time with no compromises. And they wouldn't be wrong, but why? It kind of stood out as something being kind of weird. And I predicted that it would be replaced by one running a 32-core Threadripper instead. Well, <laughs> well... Little did I know just how much 
AMD was going to decide to just absolutely slaughter Intel. That was one thing I missed, and I'm willing to take another point off for missing this prediction because it is big. The AMD in general, they went from at the beginning of 2019 being, oh yeah, yeah, you can, you you've got some competence here. You you got Ryzen going. It's a, it's competitive against Intel, and you know it's it's a it's a good alternative. That's what AMD was at the beginning of the year. Now, now the question is. Why would you pick Intel ever? The only reason to pick Intel right now is if you are building a dedicated gaming only system or a laptop. I think right now Ryzen is not as power efficient as Intel. But otherwise, that's it. In the server market, the Epic processor just makes a dual Xeon system look like a joke. Performance per watt now on AMD for the enterprise market slaughters Intel. Content creators... Threadripper is the god-tier gold standard now. For gaming, the 9900K is better, which is Intel's top-tier mainstream chip, but not by much and not by enough to matter. Some people did in fact predict that AMD was going to be this good. I did not. And I admit, I'll admit that it should have been something I should have called, but that little thought in my head, the thought that AMD is going to mess this up still lingered in my head because, Hey, when push comes to shove, it's AMD. And AMD has 10 years of reputation of being nothing but disappointment. Now look at them. Navi is actually trading blows with the NVIDIA GPUs now. And Intel's just not even a factor right now. That being said, I have no idea what Acer's plan is here. Oh, the other thing that actually killed the Acer rig is the RTX cards themselves. You no longer need to do something stupid like grabbing a dual Xeon system like this one I have my hand on right now. No one needs to do that and enjoy freaking dual hexacore CPUs in there and 
encode and game on this on the same thing no one needs to do that because the rtx cards exist with the new nvec encoder most streaming setups right now can easily be one one pc and it can be that comfortably heck gaming laptops could could freaking stream just as well as a desktop now thanks to that encoder it's kind of nuts how much that gpu has changed the face of twitch streaming or youtube streaming or mixer streaming or whatever streaming so no we are never going to see a dual Xeon gaming rig, although it would have been hilarious. And then my last one, 2019 was the year that the notch almost completely vanishes. Oh. 2019 tried. I don't think it succeeded, though. This last prediction felt like the safest one. Like, it really did. When I made that prediction, rumors were strong about more and more companies trying to come up with motorized cameras to get rid of the notch, with punch-outs in the screen instead of having a notch. If you compare the end of 2019 to the end of 2020, there are more notches! There's more of them! Uh, So, when push comes to shove, out of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7... Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve predictions. We got. I'm gonna actually write down out of twelve. We got one. <laughs> no, we did get two, three, four. Five. Five and a half. That's it. Not even. Not even half. But it is important to know where we were and where we are now. And that is kind of the fun thing about going through this. Cause you, ma- you make these predictions and it's kind of fun. To just look back and go like, what was, Wh- what was the mindset that brought to say, Hey, the notch is going to disappear. And now you just look at yourself and go, man, you foolish fool. You really were hoping for a lot there. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, the actual predictions. 
for 2020. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so 2020 predictions. Oh, God, what do you even predict? All right, so for starters, here's here's probably the easiest one. And I say this, and last time I was completely wrong. But let's just put it out there. There's going to be an iPhone. My caps lock is on. There's going to be an iPhone 11S. And it's going to include minor spec bumps. The focus, however... will be on a higher resolution. Wait, no. No, they just actually bumped up the screen, calling it like uh, Pro XDR or something like that. What will the... What will the... You know what? Uh, you know what? I'll just... I'll play it safe on this one. iPhone 11s. There's just to be minor spec bub- bumps because I'm not sure what else they do. I think the bigger change, the bigger change, they're going to be reserved for the iPhone 12, which is going to include. Uh, I agree with the other guy. Um, the loss of the Lightning port on both models, and then the Pro model gaining USB Type C. I am minor convinced. I'm convinced that's probably what's going to end up happening. All right, next up, MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air will both be redesigned. To feature the new keyboard. I don't think. There is going to be much. I don't think there's going to be much in this category. I do think. When they do. When they do upgrade this. It's going to be focused on the new keyboard. And we're going to start seeing them. Push away. From the touch bar. Because there's one thing we're starting to see. That touch bar that Apple was so proud of. That started the scourge of absolute garbage keyboards. There's no support for it. And if you asked me a year ago. If that touch bar would ever die. I would say no. There's no way it's ever going to die. But I thought the same thing about 3D Touch. And that's gone. 
I would like it's not for 2020, but for 2021, I think that touch bar is going to be gone. I'm not going to put it in because I don't think it's going to happen in 2020. Actually, I'm going to put in a note. Touch bar vanishes 2021. I'm going to put it here in the notes so that so that in a year we can see if I was right or not. Because I will laugh if the touch bar vanishes in 2020. I don't think so. I can't consciously, I, I can't say it will. I just can't. All right, next up, there will be a home pod mini. I think it's time that that um that the home pod, which is uh Apple's smart speaker, right now Apple only has the home pod, which is like a three hundred dollar home speaker that no one gets. Concerning the fact that Apple is currently working with Amazon and Google in the smart home department, I think they're going to be making a smart home mini, and I think it's going to be like a $100 product. And it's going to try and compete with the $25 or now like $50 uh, uh, Echo Dots the Nest Mini, the Google Home Minis, those devices. I think it's going to I think it's going to come out. I think it's going to be September launch. But we're going to I I think this is the year for the HomePod Mini. They might even call it iPod. I would not be surprised at all if the iPod name makes a comeback. Although I kind of doubt it. Oh, I mean, they're not going to update anything with the Mac Pro or the iMacs, I don't think. You know, normally I actually think about this a bit more. It's just been a wacky week. Hmm. Well, let's actually just move on to, uh, to Dell here. For Dell, here's what I'm willing to say. No major redesigns on on Alienware products. I think this is a safe bet just because Alienware just recently redesigned like everything they have. Like Alienware had a big big year I do not think there's going to be any major redesigns it's just going to be spec bumps now in the pro market on the other hand I think Dell Precision Units are going to get a redesign and will feature AMD Threadripper CPUs with the 
I'm not going to predict anything from Tesla. Are you mad? You want to try and predict what's in Elon Musk's brain? Heck no. No. Just no. Absolutely not. No. But no, I think this is going to be the year that we start seeing the major system builders that I'm talking about Dell, HP, Lenovo, all of them. I I am going to predict they are going to make major shifts towards AMD for cost savings. And it's it's a no-brainer move. Apple will not. The relationship that Apple has with Intel is too tight. There's no way they're going to do it. I will also say for Dell, no, no dual CPU units. I'm actually going to put that on a separate note because that is basically a separate prediction. Workstations will have no dual CPU units. 64 cores right now on one CPU, which don't get... Here, we'll put this down in the ge- in the general. There will be a 64 core Threadripper. World's easiest prediction. Most likely because it's probably going to launch in like Three weeks. Surprise! I know nothing, by the way. I I am just reading the cards, and the cards clearly say there is going to be a 64-core Threadripper. It is probably going to be about 3.4 gigahertz on each core. And it's going to be like the processor that kills, underline kills, dual CPU towers. Dual CPUs will still exist in the server space. Do not misunderstand me. Because when push comes to shove, you can never have enough cores when it comes to servers. In workstations, there comes a time and point where more cores is not the answer. There is a limit. And 64 is beyond that limit. I guarantee you. Back here, let's just do this. I'm going to go ahead and copy this prediction, and I'm going to paste it under HP and say HPZ workstations, workstation units are go. Wow, I am terrible at note-taking to get a redesign. I put down units going redesign. I am a genius. I'm going to actually keep that for Dell. And that those workstations will not have dual CPUs.
And I think HP is going to start seeing a shift towards AMD. I think Dell might keep some Intel units around. But I'm not willing to predict that sort of thing. Lenovo. Again. ThinkStation are going to see a re- are going to get a redesign. I just think <laughs> I don't know how the major workstation brands ignore Threadripper. It doesn't seem physically possible to me that they would just ignore Threadripper. Can you see how it happened? I don't. Samsung. Galaxy Fold 2 will launch and be similar to an old school slip phone. Nailed it. Flip phone. So what I think, I think the picture we saw is legitimate. I reported on this a couple of weeks ago that that uh, Samsung is working on a phone that flips kind of like the Motorola Razr. I think that will be the Fold 2, and I'm not going to lie, I hate it. I actually do. I'm sure there are plenty of you who love the idea of having a smartphone that folds open and it becomes the size of phone that we have now. But like this form factor to me, I'm holding right now my S10, like this is fine to me. It really is. But I think that's going to be the trend of folding phones. I will predict, though, Fold 2 will still be fragile. Uh, I think that's going to be the end of predictions I make for Samsung Last general one, Intel will not reach 10 nanometers. Intel will not release a CPU that competes with Ryzen. I think when push comes to shove, yeah, people in the chat are already going, oh, I I welcome it because it fits better in the pocket. And I, I, I understand that. It might just be It might just be because my own pockets, because all I can do is go from my experience. And to me, the form factor of these phones, and even bigger phones than, than the S10 that I have here, 
are fine to me. To you, they're different. And when push comes to shove, I think more options are better than less. My disappointment is what the fold promised was to be a phone in the pocket and then unfold into a tablet. That seems to be vanishing. And that disappoints me. I would love to see both options out there in the wild. But it's probably not going to happen. But yeah, this year I just don't see how Intel either A, reaches 10 nanometers, seeing as how you know they are heavily rumored to be skipping it. If not, it's been confirmed that they're skipping it. So I mean, this year they're not going to reach 10 nanometers. And whatever CPUs they release this year, they're not, or next year, next year are not going to be able to compete with Ryzen. I just don't see how it happens. I think Intel really was caught off guard with how much AMD just stomped them. I think in 2019, Intel has been working on an answer to Ryzen. I don't think that answer is going to be ready until 2021. going to write down here real answer to Ryzen will release in 2021. Now, the Intel GPU. The Intel, the Intel. Nailed it. The Intel... GPU Oh I don't know which way to go on this cuz we've when it comes to the Intel GPU there has been a lot of a lot of rumors going either way There really have been. We've seen some rumors earlier that the Intel GPUs could be crazy powerful and we have no idea how the hell they're going to cool it. And then there's been rumors about, and these have been more recent, that the Intel GPUs have about the same specs of the ones that are in the Intel CPUs now. So I'm kind of torn. The more recent rumors suggest the Intel GPU is a failure. But the earlier ones say it's going to be amazing. Which one do you make the prediction on? That is the real question. I think... I'm thinking the Intel GPU will launch as a disappointment card that works with 
the built-in GPU on Intel systems. I think when push comes to shove, with CES around the corner, I think the more recent rumor is more accurate. That the discrete Intel GPU is not going to be that powerful and that it's quite possible that that GPU is intended to work with the integrated GPU on on it and do kind of an SLI slash crossfire sort of thing with the GPU. So there we go. I There's my predictions. Not too many, really. And a lot of them are kind of repeats because... I do think that this 2020 is going to be the year of AMD. Because right now, Intel, there's no way Intel has an answer ready for AMD, no matter how I look at it. The, the rumors, the leaks, nothing is there saying that Intel has an answer. And Intel's now been hurt where it counts the most. Because when push comes to shove, Intel could care less about the laptop space. They could care less about the desktop space. They could care less about the gaming space. They could care less about those spaces. What they care about is enterprise. They care about the workstations. They care about the servers. And they have taken the biggest hit in the face where it counts. No matter how you look at it, that's the truth. But if Intel's going to hit back, they're going to try and do tweaks. They have been trying to do tweaks. If they had anything ready for launch, I think we would have heard leaks about it by now. Saying, hey, hey, pay attention to CES and us. We got this. Or pay attention to us at Computex. We got amazing things. They don't have them. Because we haven't heard about it yet. So there's my predictions to recap. The 11S is going to be a minor speed bump, or a spec bump, I'm sorry. The MacBook Air and MacBook Pro will both be redesigned featuring the new keyboards. Touch bars will still be around, though. There will be a HomePod Mini launching out of Apple. Alienware is going to be silent. This is going to be the year of workstations going full AMD. I am fairly convinced of this. This is also going to be the year... The dual CPU systems die. I just don't see workstation being made with Epic processors. I just don't. That's going to be the case across the board. Galaxy Fold 2 will be an old school flip phone style design. We've already seen rumors of it. I believe they are true. I also believe that phone will still be fragile as heck. There is going to be a 64-core th- Threadripper 
is going to launch very soon. We're probably going to see it at CES. Intel's not going to reach 10 nanometers. Intel's not going to have a CPU that competes with Ryzen. And the Intel GPU is going to be a disappointment. I hate to predict this much doom and gloom for Intel. I just, there's just not enough to say it otherwise. So there's the 22 brain predictions. We're not done with the podcast yet, though. When we come back, I want to talk about Fallout 76. Yeah, we're going there. How did I end up here? How did I end up here indeed? Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, normally on the prediction show, we don't actually talk about the news. Normally because there's nothing earth-shattering that usually happens in news in general. Well, Bethesda's here to prove you wrong! Oh boy! You know, and this story in particular... Well, let's go about what it is. There was an exploit that was recently discovered in Fallout 76 that allowed you, with client-side modifications, to treat other players as chests, as lootable. And better yet, you could also do this at range all you needed was line of sight and you could loot an entire player's inventory in fallout 76 yes bethesda made an mmo that is entirely cash shop based in which you can actually steal from other players with a minor modification. This exploit existed for a week. Bethesda knew about the... The the leak was known to me... Or the... uh, let Let me phrase this correctly. The exploit was known to me and known to the majority of the Fallout 76 community for three days, and then the hacker who discovered and originally reported on it then gave it out. After there were videos up for days showing in controlled environments that this exploit works, to which then, of course, reports of thousands of players losing all their progress, because of course, in Fallout in general, most of your progress is item-based, was stolen. Gone. You compound this on top of the fact that there were exploits where you could just casually create whatever items you want, including items that are impossible to craft. And it kind of makes you wonder, how could anyone look at Fallout 76 and go... That's a great MMO. That's a great gaming experience. I love it. The exploit was actually now live for three days before Bethesda finally patched it. Now, this exploit only existed on the PC version. 
Who knows if with enough modding of your console you could do it on on consoles as well. But then you take a look at that. And then you look at Bethesda's look back at Fallout 76. Quoted directly from Bethesda. Somehow, 2019 is nearly over. And it was an amazingly busy year in Appalachia. As many of us take... Take time for the holidays. We want to take a minute with you to look back on the adventures we had together and how thankful we are that you continue to take this journey with us. Let me interject. You better be thankful! (laughs) You better be thankful that this many people were dumb enough to journey into Fallout 76 and stay there. The post continues. It goes without saying that we had some rocky times this year. Let me interject. Biggest understatement ever. Could this could be the understatement of 2019? Returning back to the to the article. It goes out saying that we had some rocky times this year, but the entire BGS team working closely with you not only addressed thousands of issues, but added meaningful improvements to quality of life. At the end of 2019, Fallout 76 is bigger, more stable, and more fun than ever before. Well, I'd hope so! (laughs) You didn't have a high bar to jump over. For crying out loud, the bar of being more stable is so low, it is at the Earth's core. Keep in mind, Fallout 76 didn't work at launch. Like, at all. We're really proud of how far we've come together and how you, the community, have taken this game and truly made it your own, creating amazing subplots, characters, and bizarre and hilarious adventures of your own device. You kinda have to with a game like Fallout 76, considering the fact that your big patch included NPCs you could talk to. Like, to me, that was one of the biggest pieces of news at E3 of 2019. The fact that Bethesda got up on the stage with a straight face and said, we added interactive NPCs to Fallout 76, and I had to stare at the screen dumbfounded and go, you didn't have that before and you released the game? What is wrong with you? The... Letter continues. More importantly, though, we've loved adventuring with you through the tons of new content added to the game this year. 
from marching in I can't pronounce that through Foss Paradise to hunting Appalachia's wild beasts and even facing off in the Battle Royale to become overseer of Vault 51. Yeah, I forgot they shamelessly added a Battle Royale mode too because they ran out of ideas. 2019 was just the beginning, and our biggest update is still yet to come. Let me interject. What, are you actually going to make the game playable? Are you actually going to treat it like the MMO it actually is and drop the facade of it being not an MMO with not a a, a, a pay-to-have-the-game-be-functional a, a pay sort of model? We wanted to stroll down memory lane, looking back at some of the things we have added to Fallout 76 this year. Part of me just wants to stay silent during this whole thing. For the most part, they haven't added much. Like, I'm not going to go over all the details. We only have so much time. But they separate out the letter into... Your four quarters, spring, summer, fall, and winter. And the only one that has anything of value is summer. But here's the thing I want to point out. All of these updates were broken on release. Every single one of them. The Battle Royales didn't work. The private servers that you had to pay for, by the way, the whole Fallout first thing, nowhere in this letter, I might add. But your private servers weren't private. <laughs> New NPCs just didn't spawn incorrectly. Nerfs were done to the game to make things even worse. It's just Fallout 76, at least when you ask me, and I'm sure when you ask anyone else, is going to go down as one of the worst modern games to ever launch. And the fact that Bethesda is still trying to keep this thing alive and is still mismanaging it to to no end is hilarious. Oh, by the way, you know how they implied they were going to tell you about what was going to come? Let me just read off the last paragraph. We've enjoyed going back through all the fun content and other additions we've made in 2019. That, that Excuse me. The other additions that have made 2019 a busy and Fun year in Appalachia. Fallout 76 has grown and improved so much this year because it really had nowhere else to go and will only continue to grow in 2020 as our biggest update ever. Wastelanders launches for free. Good. And we have much more planned even beyond Wastelanders. Thanks once again to everyone who, pl who plays with us for your continued support. 
We look forward to adventuring alongside you next year. Happy holidays, happy new year, and from all of us to and and from all of us of you. Oh, I'm sorry. And from and from us to all of you, all of the best wishes in the year to come. That was me poorly reading the letter thanking the players of Fallout 76 from Bethesda. I just, I do struggle because I, I hate saying anything is the best or the worst. But I think back and I can't think of any game that has failed as hard as Fallout 76. And what truly saddens me is that there are still people that support this game. I can't stress this enough. The thing that matters in the end is what you support with your wallet. There are quite a few times I have made this same kind of comment on this podcast live on Twitch and chat kind of bounces back by saying, yeah, but but me not buying it's not going to matter. Those kind of people that think that are the people who are playing Fallout 76 right now. And forever in my mind, Fallout 76 is just going to be the game that has actually killed every single die-hard Bethesda fanboy that I knew in my personal life. I have never seen a game launch so poorly and managed this poorly that it has actually turned die-hard supporters of a company into die-hard haters of the same company. That is going to do it for this last episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Feel free to go and check out check out my daily podcast, The Early Bird Briefing, which airs every morning at 4 a.m. And also check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care, rest well, and I will see you in 2020. Rest well, have a happy new year. Bye-bye!
So as we were clo- closing up shop, one person in the chat did say that he does know, I assume he, I don't know, does know some diehard Bethesda fans who actually justify liking Fallout 76. And I want to talk to them. I really do. I find it fascinating. Because there's just, what is the mindset for thinking that these terrible taboos in MMOs is actually justified? And these slow response speeds are actually justified. Because I'm not even exaggerating when I say that people who manage Minecraft servers put more effort into it than Bethesda does managing Fallout 76. Ah! 